Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Look and Listen podcast. Once again, we're back with another one-on-one episode. And as you already know, each one of these is designed to bring you a brand new conversation, brand new interview, brand new perspective. the brand new introduction over some brand new production Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash looklistenpod. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yo, welcome back to the Look and Listen podcast. As you see from the title, this is Westworld 101. And I want to give a warning to everybody out there. If you have not watched the entire season, turn this shit off. Turn <laughs> it off, save it, and come back to it once you have seen the entire season because we're going to get into details about what happened in this first season. Um, we're going to cover some highlights from each episode. We don't have time to go through full, full detail, but we'll, we'll cover some highlights. And we have a little bit of a time restriction because one of our guests... Oh, no. Who shall remain nameless, but she just outed herself. I'm sorry. I'm, it's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Has, a, has a, crazy. another uh, situation that she's got to take care of in a while. So we're going to go ahead and jump in. I'm going to introduce these folks and we're going to go into it. So first, the person in question, the lady first. You might have seen her on your television. You might have heard her on your radio. You might have seen her website. You might have seen her on Twitter with that blue check mark because she's verified. <laughs> we have the lovely Beverly Gooden. What's going on? 
Nothing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Also, I would I, I forgot to mention you might have also heard her on the brand new podcast called Divorce. Yay! Where she and her friend Bill talk about relationships and and all of the the ins and outs of that or whatever. So if you haven't checked out the Divorce podcast, check that out. Next up, we got my man from the Black Astronauts Podcast Network, the dude with the the cool, smooth voice that almost sounds as smooth and cool as mine. <laughs> but he's like the Midwestern version of my East Coast flavor. We got my man Aaron. What's going on? I appreciate you having me on, man. First of all, you didn't tell me you was gonna have celebrities on, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't just so silly. sneak that up on me, man. Listen, Y'all starting man. already. We, we do a big thing with everything. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna to be, be fun. We're trying to roll into twenty seventeen with the right type of shit going on, man. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and get into this Westworld stuff, man. We'll see how far <sighs> we can get before Beth has to leave us and um before and also before that we'll definitely get her to uh, shout out all of her stuff and then at the end you know what i'm saying we'll get aaron to shout all his stuff out too but once again if you have not listened or, or watched the entire season this is the point where you turn it off you bookmark it and and save this shit for later all right mm-hmm. that's your last one all right here we go so the first thing i want to do is ask you a few questions um and then we'll get into some of the highlights from the episodes and, and keep it rolling like that so um the first thing that I want to ask you all is, um, you know, when and how did you find out about Westworld? And we'll go with Beth first on this one. Oh, I, I didn't. I was late to Westworld. I found out about it while scrolling through HBO's app. I didn't hear about it. I didn't see it on my feed. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. But I saw it one day and I thought um, the premise seemed interesting. I didn't really understand how deep it would get. But I was like, this is cool, you know, robots in, in the West, that's fine. So I started watching it, and my mind was blown. I just wasn't <laughs> I wasn't ready for everything that was about to happen. But I just kind of stumbled upon it. Aaron? So um, I had, I'm, a, I'm a huge nerd. Um, so I had had this on my radar since it was announced and went through the development and watched all the up and downs. So I was, from the very beginning, I was ready. I was ready for it. So as soon as they announced it. Were. And for me, I think um, it was just watching other HBO stuff, I guess, at the time that I first started seeing some of the ads for it was probably when um, Vice Principals and uh, and Ballers was on. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I started seeing the, the, the ads for it or whatever. And, and like Bev said, it was kind of like, you know, this seems kind of interesting. I don't really know exactly what's going on here, but, you know, I, tr- I trust HBO. So. It was interesting enough to kind of catch my eye, so I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot and see what happens with this. You know what I'm saying? So that was sort of my introduction to it. Um, the next question is: uh, Before learning of the show, um, had you heard of the film or the book that you know the show is based on? Um, and if you had heard of either one of those, you know, did you get a chance to check those out before uh, watching the show? And uh, we'll go with Aaron first on this one. Yeah, I uh, I had kind of heard about i've never seen the movie up to this day right. um but I, I had heard about it a while back it was like one of those those nerd myths like oh yeah the westworld the movie you got to watch it it's really great and you just never get around to watching it because who the hell watches which <laughs> <No. laughs> <So. laughs> yeah bad nah i had never heard of any of it i hadn't heard of not one thing i was completely 
new to Westworld with the HBO show, so I hadn't I had no background. Okay, yeah, it was the same thing for me. I, I think I heard of the movie. I, I felt like when I saw the title of the show, when I started seeing the ads, I was like, I think I heard of this shit before. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't. I knew it was a new show, but I just didn't know something about that world. The, the name of it seemed familiar. So I, maybe I knew that there was a movie, but I, I definitely didn't see the movie and I mm-hmm. hadn't read the book. So the show was my first um, time entering the park. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned that we, we hadn't seen the stuff or whatever, but did you have any expectations for what you would see once the series began? Uh, we'll go with Beverly first on this one. You know, I didn't have any expectations. It took so many turns, though, that, I mean, I just wasn't ready for everything that it was going to do. So as I watched the first episode and the second episode, I started to create a narrative in my mind of what I wanted to happen. Um, But nothing I thought would happen happened. Maybe like one or two things. And so, I mean, I think that's what kept me interested is that you never really knew what was going to happen in Westworld. And so that was exciting to me. And what was a, what were those things that that you sort of came up with in your own mind? I predicted that um, Bernard was was a host. What? I knew it. Like I, I, you don't remember that what I did on Twitter, and I was like, Bernard is a host. Okay. <laughs> I think I said okay. it to you, but I knew it. It was something about. It, it was almost like he knew too much, but then he wasn't completely processing what he knew. And I was like, that's not, it doesn't seem very human. So I, I knew he was a host. I knew it. Damn. Well, shit. I knew I, it. You, I was so happy when it was true. You, I was like, yes. Because I, I had, you know, and I have some questions about that, but we can talk about it now. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. Oh, no, we don't have to. We, nah, we can get into it we'll, later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it later. <laughs> but I do want to, I do want to make mention of the fact before we get Aaron's answer. I do want to make mention of the fact that, um, you know, there's a lot of different. There were a lot of different theories. You know, a lot of different talk on the internet about you know different things going on with this show, and one of those things was about him being a host. And I don't remember. Mm-hmm when I saw somebody talking about that or heard anybody talking about that, and you might've actually said that to me or whatever, but I know up until the moment that they revealed it, I was like, nah, that nigga ain't no whole show. He's a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he got two black parents just like I got, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so he, he was born, you know what I mean? All of that shit. So I was- for, for It was me, all that black fatherhood. Yes, being, you know what I'm saying? Never- yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, because how could a robot have that much black fatherhood in him? Especially if it was programmed by a white man. He don't know nothing about black fatherhood. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, this dude got to be real. So for you to be on that from the second episode is just one of the many reasons why you have a verified account. And, and Aaron and I don't because you are clearly on another level. You know what I'm but saying? But in fairness, that's the only thing, I guess. Like I had, that was, I think there was one other thing that I can't really remember, but uh, everything else was a complete surprise to me. Like I just didn't expect any of it. That, that was a beast ass guest though, because we didn't Thank get you. that information yeah. until uh, <laughs> what is it, like episode seven or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, I just need, I, we have a show we covered it every week, yeah. and I mean, I didn't catch catch it until like four episode four. I was like, okay, something weird here. Damn, so, so episode so, two is a beast. So clearly, the state of Ohio is smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> you know, baby, I mean, because you know I mean? uh, right. I didn't. My Connecticut ass didn't didn't know that that this dude was a host. Connecticut's cool though. It is. You know what I mean. 
Um, I like Connecticut. Yeah, man. We like you too. Even though I'm not in Connecticut. <laughs> 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 well, shout out to the <sighs> state. But yeah, um, Aaron, did you have any expectations? You know what I'm saying? We kind of got off on the tangent, but did, did you have any expectations before you started watching the show? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, and those were based on the fact that um, me and my co-host Fika have been following it so uh, intently. Uh, but then when we actually did see the episode, right. it was really interesting because we saw it so much uh, further away from when it premiered. Uh, okay. We saw it a month and a half before it actually came out. Um, the first two episodes because uh, HBO had sent us uh, the screeners and we had done a panel with uh, HBO. So it, like we were more intent on watching y'all see it for the first time. <laughs> like, oh, man, they don't even know what they're about to watch. Um, so that, that was our biggest thing is actually watching everybody else get hip to something we had already been hip to for a little while. And and, and, and able to talk about it was the absolute worst <laughs> yeah go ahead and explain how that whole that whole thing with hbo worked out because i heard you said on on your show on the uh the room reviews that y'all did over at black astronauts or whatever but go ahead and break down the science of that before we move on oh it ain't no science to it it was a very random okay I, well shit <laughs> so, look, but that's science like, though sometimes science is random <laughs> that, that is very true um so i was opening up my email one day i looked through it like i always do Checking sponsors and stuff like that. And it was this email that said HBO. No, it said uh, a talent agency. And I was like, wait a minute. I've heard of that talent uh, agency before. So I looked it up. Like I, I went full detective mode. Like, let me make sure this ain't no spam. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she invited us up um, and had uh, had us speak at one of the opening panels for uh, Westworld. My, my co-host, Feek, uh, actually interviewed a black astronaut himself <laughs> um, wow. so, yeah, like and this is just crazy random um but it was a, a great uh event uh, overall and they did they sent us the screeners a couple weeks ahead of time so we had kind of watched a lot of it before everybody else so right. um I, I just thank hbo for giving us the opportunity I mean, it was dope opportunity yeah that's pretty fly so we're gonna go ahead and do a little bit of touching on uh, the first episode so it starts off with uh bernard air quotes up Bernard mm. saying, you know, uh, bring her back online and then we see a host that we find out is called Dolores she's sitting there she's naked which is what they do when they do the systems checks you know on the different hosts or the robots or whatever they have them sitting there totally nude and you know they can do voice commands to tell them to do certain things like access you know memories and um, to put themselves in, in different type of, of modes and, and, and all that kind of stuff you know checking you know data logs and all that type of shit so he's sitting there doing that um and you know she says that she's in a dream and she's pretty scared about what she's seeing in the dream and everything like that um and and an important question comes up it's the first time that, he, that we hear this question he asks her has she ever questioned her world and she says no whatever you know what i mean if she mm -hmm. would have said yes to that then it would have been some shit probably wouldn't have been no series but, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so then, you know, we see some some brand new guests, which is are the humans that come in to the park. Some new guests arrive. Uh, there's a train that brings them in. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're seeing a guy sitting there and he's sort of telling other people on the train about, you know, some of his previous experiences in Westworld and everything like that. Um, he said the first time that he, you know, the first couple of times that he went, he came in there with other people. This is the, this is like, I think his first time that he's coming in 
coming in there by himself and everything. Um, and it's the, they get there and they, they step off of the train and uh, there's a woman that's talking about how amazing it is. And this guy says, like, um, you know, for the amount of money that we're paying to be here, this shit better be amazing. And we find out, I don't know if it's in this episode or whatever, but we find out at some point along the series that uh, the people are paying like $40,000 a day to be at this park. So this is a pretty fucking expensive place to be at. Um, yeah, you know, to to kind of get your rocks off or whatever. Um, we see Dolores and a character named Teddy, who actually the first time we see Teddy is on the train too. It seems like his loop always begins with him on that train coming into the park. Um, so they're they're sitting out, um, looking over her farm, and she you know points out what they call a Judas steer, and she explains mm-hmm. to him what that is, and basically that's a a, a particular steer that's identified by a farmer that um is going to lead the other ones the other the other cows um the other cattle will follow this steer anywhere he goes even if if it's to the slaughterhouse so she explains what that is um and we see um some bandits come in and uh, kill dolores's family uh she and teddy try to help out or whatever um and, and she's uh you know holding her dead father and we hear um Bernard asked her, you know, what if he told her that, you know, she and the other hosts were created to please the desires of the guests? Um, she's like, you know, fuck you talking about, you know what I mean? Um, so th- different things like this happen. This is the first time that we see a uh, man, a character that's known at this time as the man in black. Later on, we find out that he's this character, William, that we meet in the next episode. Um, so these are some of the things that, that happen um, within this first episode. I want to toss it out to you guys. Um, oh, one more thing before we before I toss it to you. Um, a little bit later in the episode, Dolores' father picks up a picture of a woman that he finds buried in the dirt, or sort of in mm-hmm. the dirt at the ranch. And this woman is Logan's sister, which we haven't met Logan and William yet, but this is Logan's sister and the woman that William ends up going on to marry. Uh, she, mm. she appears to be somewhere like Times Square or something like in... in what we would call current day times or whatever. And um, he brings that picture home and shows it to Dolores. And he asks her, has she ever seen this? What does this look like? And we hear the critical, the, the very important line, it doesn't look like anything to me. Um, and so this kind of just, you know, fucks her father up because he and none of the other hosts have never seen the outside world. They don't know what they are. So this is sort of like the moment where he realizes that there's something else going on and it's like a glitch in him and he gets all messed up and has to go in to be checked out and they eventually end up decommissioning him uh, because he threatens uh, Ford who was played by Anthony Hopkins and the Bernard character who's played by Jeffrey Wright so I want to toss it out to you all uh, what were some of your uh, impressions of this uh, this first episode um, and were you automatically hooked on the show or did it take you a little bit longer for that to happen uh, we'll go with Beth first you know, I think what drew me in initially was the fact that the especially Dolores, her story just loops. And it's like something different happens every time within the loop, but it always comes back to her, you know, being in the market area and dropping the can and someone come you know, it's just that over and over again. And so I think initially, especially with this episode, I just wanted to see what was going to happen each time. 
You know, like I just wanted to see what was going to happen in between those times next. And so I think that's what drew me in. I was immediately drawn to Westworld. It didn't take a few episodes for me to figure out I wanted to watch it every week. It was just immediate like that. Um, with Teddy, I, I didn't connect with Teddy. <laughs> I didn't connect with his character. I never really liked Teddy. He just wasn't a strong enough character for me or even really it seemed like a strong enough person he was always confused it seemed like he was just kind of wandering from from scene to scene I didn't really like him I don't know but I did connect with Bernard initially one because he's a black guy um he seemed to be the only black guy anywhere so I was just like okay that's cool but two because he had I guess like he had a sympathy for the hosts but also was in full control of the hosts, and so I, I found that intriguing. I was intrigued by that, and I wanted to know more about him. So those, in the first episode, I, I think those are the, Dolores and Bernard were the ones that, that I liked. Teddy, I was just kind of, and still am, I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever on Teddy. I, I don't know why for real, but he just doesn't do it for me. So I guess it's safe to say that Teddy is not your jam. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I don't know. You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. I don't know. I just, I don't connect with Teddy. He's cool. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, but I mean, because uh-huh. I, I feel you because you know, um, and we can we can definitely skip around here a little bit. Um, there was a question that I had about characters that we sort of like and dislike, and, and you mm-hmm. sort of touched on him. Um, yeah, he he was a character that just. He was sort of just there. In he was just there. And he didn't actually have a backstory or a cornerstone, which is a, a... They said the cornerstone memories were sort of like the the thing that each host... The foundation that each host's backstory and their personality was, was built upon. And mm-hmm. they didn't give him one. He was really just there to die all the time and sort of just keep Dolores around long enough for people to find her and all of that because she's a very important you know character within this world so teddy really didn't have a defined role as you know some of the other people you know some of the other hosts did so i could see why you know you you didn't really have much of a connection to him um because i don't really know if he was a character that we were supposed to have a connection to right Um, did we need him i'm not i'm not i haven't decided if we really needed him yet i I get his place he did play a part in several i guess turning points of the whole season but i don't know that we i just i I didn't need him i can't say we didn't need him i just i don't know i didn't need him yeah i i kind of disagree with both of y'all this is gonna be (laughs) Um, I, I really think that Teddy was one of the cornerstones, even more than Dolores. Like I didn't like Dolores. What? I, I, to this point, I don't think I still don't like Dolores. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure that Maeve, Teddy, and Bernard are my favorite characters, next to Ford and yeah. um, the Man in Black. Like that, Ford and the Man in Black are in a different category because of the type of acting they did. Yeah, yeah. But the out of the main like hosts. Um, Bernard, Teddy, and Maeve are my favorite. I think Dolores was useless for most of the plot um, because she was always just sitting there, you know, like at least with Teddy. Like For the first time, when, when Teddy died the first time, I was like, okay, it's something here, you know. Well, he was always dying, too. That's my second. And, okay. yeah. and, oh, yeah, he was always dying. But towards the end of the season, he got his comeback. 
You know, like he got his wreck. He got his he got his uh, vengeance over and over and over again. You know, so I was just like, I think he had the most character to, the development next to Maeve. Um, and I just, I appreciated what they did with him going from the lovable loser to kind of a badass. Like, think about it. He fought an entire army camp basically by himself. Right. You know, so it's, like I said, it's, he had some some redeeming qualities to him that I think I, I appreciated or could kind of identify with. So Right. Um, were you were you immediately hooked when you when you saw this first episode month, a oh, month before everybody absolutely. else did? <laughs> absolutely, I'm I'm a big anime sci-fi nerd, yeah. uh, and this was like a walking anime. Like, okay. I know a lot of people don't like watch Japanese cartoons and things like that, but this was pulled straight from like uh, Neon Evangelists or like. Shogun, a uh, Rua, or just like a a real deep cut anime sh- uh, show. So, yeah, I was I was hooked from the very beginning. That's what's up. So, yeah, for me, um, you know, after watching the first joint, um, you know, I I was in. You know, what I mean, like I said, I, I was interested in seeing exactly what was going to happen with this. So I was already going to give it a few episodes to begin with, and you know, seeing how beautifully shot it was and. You know, we had met all the characters at this point, but, you know, just being able to see some of the stuff that was going on uh, was was pretty cool. And, and, you know, characters that we had met and even some of the ones that we had, the development of them hadn't come in because obviously it's the first episode. But you saw I saw a great potential. I, I felt like this is something I need to stick with because, you know, this is the network that brought me Game of Thrones and, 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 and The Wire mm-hmm. and shit like that. You know what I mean? So I know mm-hmm. how these cats get down. And for them to have people like Anthony Hopkins, Ed Harris, Jeffrey Wright, and Dandy Newton in this show, they they got some heavy hitters. You know what I mean? So I was like, yo, I'm going I'm to a, I'm a stick with this. And the first episode definitely um gave me uh, more reason to do that. Um, yeah. We won't the, casting, the casting was stellar. Yeah. Like, stellar. Really yeah, it really yeah. was. Um, in the interest of time, we'll just we'll kind of go even shorter with some of these episode things or whatever. And I'll even kind of skip over a couple of them. But I do want to say in episode two, we meet William and Logan for the first time. And uh, William is the person that ends up becoming the man in black later on. You know, this is this one thing that that you have to realize. Oh, did you guys realize that there were different timelines within that yeah. first episode? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Second, okay. second episode for okay. me, I figured out. Okay. Like, okay, there's multiple things going on here. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people, myself included, at least within that first episode, if not the first couple, you don't really understand that there's multiple timelines going on. So mm-hmm. when you first meet William and Logan, this is about 30 years ago, um, 30 years from present day, you know, because mm-hmm. as we right. said, he becomes the man in black. So He's roughly about, I'm 36, I'll be 37 next month. So he's roughly about my age at the point where we meet him and Logan for the first time. Um, so then when they when they fast forward into the present day, you know, just add 30 more years to that. You know what I mean? So he's in his mid to late 60s at that point. Um, so this is the first time that we meet him. Logan has been there a few times before. As I mentioned before, um, Logan's sister is at this point William's fiance. Uh, mm-hmm. They work together. Uh, and their, their company has a big investment in Westworld. Um, and this is William's first time coming into the park. 
and Logan has been there a few times. He's he's been you know buck wild in there and done all the crazy shit. And um, you know William is kind of coming in. They present him as a good guy. You know they present him as this sort of you know square dude who's coming in you know to this this place and he's just sort of being dragged in there by Logan. You know his future mm-hmm. brother-in-law and the whole nine and you know all that kind of thing. But as we see as the story progresses throughout the season that shit William is probably more built for this world than Logan was you know what I'm saying right right um so that's one of the big things that happens uh in the second episode um you know moving along here you know are there any thoughts that you all have about about this one before we go somewhere else so with the second episode Mm -hmm. um it was really interesting for a number of reasons one of one one of which being that's when you kind of figure out the timeline stuff, but you don't know when and where. Because if, if you go back to the first episode, when they show the picture, it looks like a normal, like, it looks like 2006 or 2007. Like, it doesn't look, like, far ahead in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know that, well, hopefully, we don't have this technology yet to create these type of robots. So it's just like, man... I was already thinking maybe there are three different timelines at that point, and episode two kind of confirmed the the, the three timeline theory. Um, so I felt like it was super important for that reason. Definitely. Do have anything you want to add? Yeah, I think episode two was the first time we heard the the you know the key series quote: "These violent delights have violent ends." And I remember hearing it and thinking it was a good line, yes. but not. <laughs> not even knowing what was to come. You know what I'm saying? Like not knowing that that was a pivotal moment in the show. And I think um, this is the episode I really fell in love with Maeve too. And I didn't know why yet, but I liked her character and I liked that she was strong and outspoken, um, but also knew how to be submissive when the time was right so she could achieve her goal. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that was that's what stuck out about this episode was you know, that line that would be very, very, very true at the end. Right. Yeah, that, that was actually a scene, that line comes in a scene where she and Dolores have an interaction and yes, mm-hmm. she whispers that to Maeve and that's actually what her father told her towards the end of the first episode when he discovered I forgot that about picture. that. He, he whispered that to her um, and like you said, you know, and this is this is something that happens a lot throughout the course of the season is that you sort of get these moments and these lines that 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 occur that you might you know take notice of or whatever, but because we're not at a point where it makes any real sense, right, you don't really know right. what to do with it. It's kind of like you've gotten a piece to a puzzle, but you just see that it's a piece to a puzzle. You don't really know what it what the picture that you're being shown, you know what what the you know what that picture is. So. That line is a very important thing, and that's something that happens a lot throughout the series. Like, you know, when they say, um, it doesn't look like anything to me, you know? Yeah, I love that, that one, that, too. That's yeah. sort of an interesting thing to say or whatever, but you don't know exactly what that means when you mm-hmm. first hear it. And even the first few times you hear it, you don't really get that. Um, so just to touch on Ep 3 for a quick moment. Um, Okay, so this is the episode where Elsie, one of the employees, this is the one where she starts to um, get suspicious of what's going on. There's these, There are these abnormalities going on with some of the hosts 
uh, in particular, this this one guy who was, you know, a part of a group and he went off and, and sort of did his own thing. And she and Stubbs or as as di- many disrespectful people on the Internet said, lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> and yes. as they, <laughs> on, our show, on our show, we call him young Hemsworth, young Hemsworth you know? <laughs> even though he's the oldest. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> this is the episode where where those two characters go out and try to find the stray. Uh, and when they find him. Uh, she puts him in sleep mode. He's down in like a. a oh, cave this is that episode. Oh my right. gosh! Yeah, yeah, he's like in a cave, and uh, mm-hmm. he asks her to put him into sleep mode so that he can retrieve him. And actually, he's gonna cut the the guy's head off. Ugh. And he wakes up. The the stray wakes up, and you know knocks him down or whatever, and climbs out. And Elsie thinks that she's going to be attacked, so she's trying to tell him to freeze all motor functions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, none of that shit works. And None of it. He he grabs a big ass boulder and starts bashing his own head in, and basically commits robot suicide. Um, so Which who knew that was a thing? Who knew that that was a thing, right? So you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, you know this is this is this is that episode um, when when all that stuff happens. This, I saw mm-hmm. I saw a light go on and uh, and Bev's mind. So is there anything that you want to say about yeah. episode three? You know. That scene specifically was when I realized that anything could happen. Like, I, when he didn't respond to the commands, because before, until that point, they pretty much all responded to commands. Am I right? I think that was the moment when the first time that I realized they didn't all respond to commands, and he didn't, and I thought he was going to kill her, and then he killed himself, and then I didn't know robot suicide was a thing, and so then that happened, and I, it was just a lot it was just a lot going on that episode. And then I was, Elsie was actually one of my favorite characters. And I hate what happened to her, but I liked her because she was curious and she was a little bit rebellious. And, but mostly that she was curious and she asked a lot of questions and she wanted to improve things and investigate things. And I think that was necessary, especially when we were in an environment where we had Ford that was really trying to just control all the things and had his own agenda. We had Elsie who was just trying to figure it out and make it as the best thing she could make it. And I think, um, yeah, that episode was, that was a lot. That was a whole lot. I still don't understand. What was, who was the other guy? The guy that was cutting his head off. I never caught his name and I didn't like him. Stubbs. Stubbs. I like Stubbs. I like him at all. That's, that's, that's young Hemsworth. Yeah. He's Chris Hemsworth's little brother. Or older. Oh, no, I don't like him. What <laughs> was it about him that you didn't like? I just didn't like his attitude. Like oh. it's it's very super like it's superficial. I didn't like his attitude. <laughs> hey, he hey, he he needed that attitude though. Cause, he did. Cause push come to shove, somebody's alive and somebody might not be alive. That's real. <laughs> so, That's real. With Elsie was really interesting for me as well, um, with, with everybody in the show actually. But with Elsie is is cool because. I was with you, Bev. Like I, I wanted to root for her. I was like, "Yeah, that's right." But at the same time, I'm like, "No, quit asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> Don't exactly. do that. You're gonna die. Quit." You and- know. I, I remember thinking that, um, especially you know, because I, I spent um, a lot of time this week rewatching this season and taking mm-hmm. notes and stuff like that. And, you know, my my notes are pretty detailed, more detailed than I thought that they would be. But I was, you know, the plan was <laughs> to cut them down or whatever. And, you know, sort of in the interest of time, cutting down even further. But um, that was something that I definitely thought this week while I was rewatching the episodes. Like, yo, she's on point. Like, she, she's yes. one of the first people, if not the first person, to really notice that there was some shit going on. 
You know what I'm saying? But right. She, she was too on point. She was too on point though, and that, and that led to, to her. That led to her. You know, her demise. You know what I'm saying? Later on or whatever. But and and then also the fact that not only was she on point, she was doing that, but she was kind of. You know, Bev just mentioned Stubbs's attitude or whatever. She had a little bit of attitude, a little she you know, a little did. cockiness about you know. There was a scene in, in one of the one of these episodes where she's talking about like, yo, yeah, I'm about to expose these niggas for everything that's going on. And uh, once we get Teresa out of here, I'm taking over her shit. Like she was doing a little too much. So I think the combination of what she was uncovering along with the way that she was going about speaking about it, especially to Bernard. And as we learn later on, Ford had eyes everywhere. So yeah. basically anything you say to Bernard or any other other host or whatever, he knew that shit. So without her even fully understanding that or knowing that, she was telling him exactly what her plan was. So she had to go. So Elsie really yeah. you know, sort of shot herself in the foot without knowing it until the moment that, you know what I'm saying, Bernard was was clamping down on that neck. Um Yeah. So a couple questions, you know, um, to ask or whatever so you know at this point we're a few episodes in i think we um sort of touched on it but you know a few episodes in at this point three episodes down or whatever you know what do you remember thinking or feeling about what we had seen so far on this show uh we'll go with aaron first um is this the episode where is the next episode where mave gets taken to the underground facility because I can't remember which one that happens in, but the the rest of this episode was just all story building, and uh, this was like my least favorite episode. No, actually, um, the episode where she goes—you talking about the one where she's on the table and she wakes up and stumbles around? Yeah. that was actually yeah. the previous episode, number two. That was two. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so number two is where I found out about the class stuff that was involved with the butchers. Um, like if you notice with the butchers that the there's a, a certain class system there that they one of the butchers basically says you're never gonna be anything other than a butcher. Right. That's what right. you are. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which made me think about what the outside world really is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because is the outside world like a dictatorship? Right. And just the haves and the have nots, or is there certain class uh structures going on? So with this episode, this one being my least favorite, it <clears throat> excuse me, it was all a uh, story building. It was all world building. It was setting the tone until you got to the very end, where you got that that big reveal that the androids are starting to go uh, a little insane, um, and kind of explaining that a little bit. So yeah, just a really interesting episode, but not my favorite. All right, Beth. Um, at this point in the season, I was still drawn in. I didn't know. I think I was getting uncomfortable because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if my favorite characters were going to win in the end. I didn't know if they were all going to die because people were dying at this point. So I was just kind of nervous about everything going on. But I was still definitely um, very, very connected to the show and wanting to see what was going to happen next but um i think this is around the time that started to get a little bit confused because it's just (laughs) things started to move really quickly and it was a whole bunch of story story storylines going on but so there was a moment i would say in between like episode four and five where i was just like what is even going on i had to watch 
over and over again or just rewind a couple times because if you miss a word yeah. on Westworld, you will be lost forever. Yeah, so you really got to like turn it all off and pay attention. But I remember at this point still being interested in what was going to happen next, but then not knowing what was going to happen next, which I guess is kind of, it's kind of a draw, you know, it draws you in. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So let me see what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same. Like, um, you know, I, I was, I was drawn into it. You know, they're starting to show you, different things you know you the stuff that Elsie is doing and all that type of shit you know may waking up in episode two yeah you know, that's kind of ill or whatever but at that point she i won't call her a background character but she's she hadn't stepped into the forefront just yet you know um so she wasn't what she became which was for me mm-hmm. she became my favorite character uh at, a point, but at this time me she too. wasn't she wasn't that person you know what i mean so it was really just like this is this is pretty dope, and I'm I'm enjoying watching it and, and just sort of having fun with it. And actually, one of the things I wanted to ask you all about next is is the reason why, and that's you know being able to talk to other people about it. Um, how often were you able to do that, and, and sort of like how did that help you um, understand what was going on? You know, like conversations with other people, or or you know listening to reviews or reading reviews or whatever. At this point, and really throughout the series, how important was that? to you to be able to understand um what was going on you know aaron i know you you know you and feek did it on the on the podcast or whatever so how valuable was being able to discuss it with at least him you know in understanding it for you well it's really easy to talk to somebody when their degree is in basically screenwriting (laughs) (laughs) being able to talk to somebody that follow was able to follow storylines was beyond helpful um, and he's, you know, also being a nerd doesn't hurt. So uh, being able to talk to other, like uh, the Project Fandom, uh, like that group was amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nina and all of them. Like mm-hmm. being able to get in there and kind of hash out some of my thoughts as well uh, was great. But yeah, the, the the podcast helped quite a bit. Word. Bev, what about you? I'm the only one of my friends that watches Westworld, so I didn't really have a... A, an offline group of people to talk to um you know everyone on, that i know on twitter that i follow watches westworld so that was a community and then reddit I, I actually go on reddit so reddit uh they talked about it and then yeah project fandom but um i just like to read the recaps because i always miss something like there was always at least one thing that i missed or i didn't hear or i didn't see and then i read the recaps and i would see it and i would understand it because i would get so confused i would be like let me see what y'all are talking about so i can know exactly what's going on because there's always someone that that saw everything and heard everywhere (laughs) and wrote it down so that really helped me to to understand and you know to stay interested even though i didn't lose interested but you know be more interested i think yeah um for me, it was the same thing. It was kind of like um, being able to, to hash out my thoughts, like Aaron said, you know, um, uh, in the in the Project Fandom Facebook group. You know, that was that was a big help. Uh, I had one coworker that, well, two of them really, but one that I talked to about a lot of TV stuff much more often. Uh, I got her to watch it. She didn't watch it the first week or whatever, but I got her to check it out. But my one problem with that was that she would always watch it the next day so she would watch it Monday I would come in Monday ready to go but she hadn't seen the episode yet so ah. she, had, she would have her break excuse me we would have a, a break roughly around the same time and during that break 
she would watch it or whatever. And actually, her desk is right next to mine. So, you know, she would watch it and then we would discuss it like, you know, midday on Monday or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she would watch the fucking Walking Dead on Sunday night instead of Westworld. <laughs> and if y'all know me, I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead. So Westworld became my Sunday night thing. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, yo, you got to watch the show. I told her once we got towards the end of the season, I was like, yo, I think for at least these last couple episodes, you might need to watch this shit live and then come <laughs> back to The Walking Dead. But she ain't do that. So I had to wait until Monday. So, but it was very valuable because you get a chance to, and even more so than reading or, or typing in a Facebook group or whatever, sometimes being able to verbally speak about it, to, to talk about it and hear someone else talk about it, to actually have a conversation about a show as, as, as deep as this one really helps you to, to fully understand it because you can kind of, you know, process it yourself. You hear somebody else's thought process. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's an immediate reaction to it. You know, you're not sitting there waiting for somebody to respond to what you said and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that was definitely good for me to be able yeah. to understand. Go ahead. Yo, for me, it was about if you watch this show and kind of get it, you're not a dummy. So it was right. like, <laughs> it's really, really cool to talk to people that are intelligent and just talk about some stuff that isn't like world affairs and actually just we all are, even if you didn't think you were a nerd, you're nerding out to this show and going in trying to dig through the layers and, you know, you don't get that with a lot of TV. You definitely, yeah. I mean, you don't get it with The Walking Dead. And Remember the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead? Yeah. When everybody was talking like, what's going to happen next? What's gonna... That's how this feels. Yo, that shit was so much better. Like, to me, Game of Thrones is the gold standard. You know what I'm saying? I was I was late on both yeah. of those. Yeah. I was late on both of those shows. I didn't watch them when they first started. I had to binge watch the first few seasons in order to catch up. I think for Game of Thrones, I caught up, uh, like, right at the end of season three. So season okay. four was the first one that I was able to watch live each week. For The Walking Dead, um, uh, my ex-girl and I were doing some stuff, and we, she was into the show, and that was sort of my introduction to it. So I was able to catch up around season four of that show as well. So that was the, the thing that got me. So I, I'm not as invested. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Walking Dead still has some people, um, by you know still have some people you know like because they they've invested seven years into this show right i didn't invest that much time you know what i'm saying i I binge watched you know the first few seasons um with her you know what i'm saying so i was able to sort of you know truncate that experience i was able to see everything but it was a much shorter period of time so once they started falling off and at that time the show was much better quality um Mm. But as they started to fall off, you know, the stuff with last season and, you know, and, and all of that kind of once that stuff started happening and, and the show really took a dive in terms of quality, I was like, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that it wasn't what it once was. Um, mm. But a show like this, like Aaron said, you are not you are not a dummy if you can kind of keep up with this and, right. and be able to. um you know, ex- express, you know, what you feel about it, you know, in conversations with other people or whatever. So, yo, so, go ahead. Do you know when I figured out that I had a community that I didn't know I had online? Is I was talking about Westworld and I brought up simulation theory. Mm-hmm. And no one I know in my actual life knows anything about that. But I said it and I was like, I don't I want to talk about this, but I don't because I don't want y'all to think I'm weird. And then, like, a whole bunch of people started talking about it with me. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I- <laughs> 
I saw you tweet yep. that, and I asked you like, "What is that?" And you sent me the the link to read up on it. Isn't I was like, it yo, that's kind of interesting, yo. Like, yeah. Thank you. Go but like, and, some people was like, was, "Nah, no, this don't there talk was a about." Reason that like, you brought man. that up, right? There was a reason because it's, there was something about that that was sort of tied to this show, right? Exactly. Go yeah. Ahead, well, I have a theory that this is all a simulation anyway. But again, <laughs> I don't. That's not what we're talking about, and I don't want to sound weird, but. <laughs> Um, but that, I mean, basically, I mean, it, it connects to the premise of Westworld. I mean, the hosts, other than Maeve, don't know that they're living in a simulation. You know, they don't know that. So if we were to be living in a simulation, we wouldn't know either. But anyway, right. I'm going on a tangent, and that's nothing to do with episode four. <laughs> I'm derailing. Us yeah. nerds are everywhere. Yeah, we, yeah. We hide, we hide in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love Even it. Even for myself. I guess I guess I like like my girl Karen. Shout out to Karen, black guy who tips. You know, we, we on that new nerd shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, we. I hey, I don't I don't like that show. I don't know nothing about them. <laughs> new nerd. I like them. that though. I think I'm gonna start saying that because I'm yeah. I'm a pretty pretty new to it. We we knew and and we're not on that. You know, with that you know because nerd has a negative connotation. You know what I'm saying? It does, but extent. why? So, I don't know why. I don't know. People just look at nerds as, as being. I'm a nerd and I'm cool. Yeah. I wish you were coming to my face and tell me I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Come see him. <laughs> run, run up on him. See what happens. Right. You yeah. really was like, I'm a nerd. Run up. <laughs> anyway, uh, to reel it back in, we're going to kind of skip. A uh, couple things. I, I don't know if there's anything specific that you all remember about episodes four and five that you all want to bring up. Um, I open up the floor. I let Bev if you got anything about um episode four, which was called Dissonance Theory. Um, I don't. Is this the one? I think I think episode five or four maybe is the one where we learned a lot more, or not learned a lot more, but Bernard. Start, is this when he started to have like the flashbacks of his son dying? I don't know. It felt like the the more episodes passed, the more um, we got to learn about how deeply affected by his son's death Bernard was. Um, and I don't know if that was really a pivotal moment in the series, but I remember that being around the time that that it became more prominent. Of a storyline, um, that's all I really remember about those episodes. Yeah, when did Maeve start jumping off? That's when that I was, really that was episode really... six. That was episode. Six. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm got it. Trying to skim through my notes here a little bit to see what uh, when the Bernard stuff happens. But yeah, um, Maeve really started getting into formation in episode six. Um, but before we get to to six and, and sort of touch on that uh, real quick, Aaron, was there anything that you want to say about um, either episodes four or five or whatever? Like again, just more world building. I think the show was paced really well. Yes. Um, yeah. Or and it, it, while they didn't give a damn about like they they throw you in the deep end immediately and tell you to swim. Yes. Um, but then after they do that, they ease back a little bit, which I love because it's like, all right, we don't care. We're gonna give you all this nerdy stuff. All right, now I'm gonna draw everybody else into the story, and it was yeah. all story. Up until we started getting them crazy plot twists. And I think that was what, episode seven? Is that episode seven when we get the big, first big Bernard reveal? Yeah, yeah, that was episode seven. So up until that point, it was just like man and black stuff, man and black stuff. Okay, now we're going to switch it. We're going to go to the alternate timeline, talk to, is that, is this the episode, episode four or five when they see the Day of the Dead parade? 
because I thought that was important to show the two timeline thing. Uh, that might have been four. Is that where, where was that Logan, Dolores, and, and William all together? Yeah, that's when they went to Pariah. Yeah, yeah, that was the, uh, episode four or whatever. Yeah, I think that was okay, four. so yeah, the Day of the Dead stuff was really cool um, because of the fact that it showed like, okay, there are two timelines going on here. She's been here before. Mm-hmm. So, and that's when I, it started just, it, it, I put everything together. Right. Um, so. um, I will say, um, and sort of skimming what I wrote down uh, for episode five, um, episode five is the one where the man in black uh, and Teddy, uh, Bev's favorite character, uh, <laughs> they enter a, a bar together. Uh, and mm-hmm. Ford walks in there and he sits down with them and he does the thing where he freezes everybody else. The music stops. All activity in there stops. All the hosts freeze. And he and uh, the man in black have a conversation. Uh, And within that conversation, the man in black says, "Um, I've always felt your stories were missing a real villain, hence my humble contribution. So, you know, he's sort of touching on, you know, his whole thing. And I will say this. uh, We didn't get to it in sort of the, the, the conversation about some of the other episodes, but I think it was in the first episode is where the man in black scalps this character called Kissy and he sees mm. this maze uh, on the, the bottom part of Kissy's scalp and the maze is something that he is trying to find and at several different points throughout the season a few points at this up to this moment that we're at now um, in the four or five range and even after that you have different occasions where a host will tell the man in black the maze is not meant for you. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Which is another line like we spoke about before that you hear and because of the repetition, you know that there's something to it, but you don't really get exactly what's going on with that at the time. You know what I mean? Um, but later on, it's explained and, and we, we'll get to that um, shortly. But um, that was episode five. You know, that was one of the things that happened in there is when, you know, because up, up until this point, there was different ideas about, you know, who the man in black was and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, at this point, I thought the man in black was this Arnold character that we kept hearing about. Those different mm-hmm. hosts like uh, Dolores and um, Maeve mentioned him. Uh, there's a younger version of Ford's character, and he mentions him or whatever. They all say Arnold. They say this name Arnold. We find out that Arnold is actually Ford's partner who is now deceased. Mm-hmm. or thought to be deceased at least right so at this point i'm like yo the man in black is probably arnold and shit i kept waiting for the for uh ford to call him by that name but he never did you know what i'm saying so that kind of killed that that idea for me um we're gonna sort of touch on episode six briefly uh episode six is uh where somebody mentioned earlier that Maeve fully you know gets into her groove of of you know trying to become sentient and uh, mm-hmm. she wakes up on the table while she's being uh operated on or worked on and um this is where she sort of lays out her plan like yo i need to know what the fuck is going on because a few episodes before this is where she wakes up and you know they're performing some kind of procedure on her the host dying they're brought back um like each day or whatever we talked about teddy dying all the time or whatever so she's had these flashbacks for all of these episodes, these flashbacks of a life with herself and a child being murdered and stuff. Um, and she's died in that situation. So um, 
around this point is where she has the vision. She feels like she's been shot, but she doesn't have a scar. She gets a character called Hector to, to stab her in the stomach, and he pulls out the bullet. So she's like, okay, so I'm not crazy. I believe that mm-hmm. was episode five where that happened. So in episode six, she's, you know, once they die or whatever, they, they're they brought back into this lab and, you know, and, and patched up and, and sent back out there. And, um, you know, she is like, okay, this is what the fuck is going on. I, I know that something is going on here. Tell me what's up. So this is where she sort of starts doing her thing. Um, and I've got a few questions in this section. But before I get there, I just want to ask Bev, are you straight as far as time? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good till like five. We're all right, good. All right, cool. Okay, so I can slow yeah. down. I can slow down a little bit then. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I can drive the speed <laughs> limit here. Uh, got you right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I got a few questions for this. Speak, I'm not good. I'm not good. I got to leave it four. Like I just He's want so to silly. Just want to let you know. I'm just playing with you. I'm just fucking with you. Do you have to go to the airport? <laughs> I'm just messing right. with you, dog. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so now we are six episodes in, and I've got three questions that I want to ask you up until this point. So, uh, as I just said, um, in episode six, this is when Maeve became my favorite character because I didn't see exactly what she did becoming what she was going to do because the way that it was being set up, it felt like if any, like if you were to tell me that one of the hosts was going to do what Maeve ends up doing, I would have thought early on that it would have been Dolores because they kept, you know, sort of force feeding her to us. And I think somebody mentioned earlier that they really didn't care for her. I think it was Aaron. He said yeah. he really didn't yeah. give a shit about Dolores. And I don't dislike <laughs> Dolores, but I really didn't care about her either. Like the whole shit, like between her and William, I didn't care about that shit, man. I was like, yo, <laughs> these motherfuckers are boring. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really here for this whole love story. And and, and one thing that I've always said uh, when it comes to um, the TV shows in particular, but TV shows and uh, in movies or whatever, I don't like forced love stories. I don't, you know, if it sort of naturally fits and it sort of naturally flows to, you know, to that point, then cool. But I don't want it to be something that doesn't seem natural. Um, and not necessarily that that's what was, the, that is the case with the whole uh, Dolores and, and William thing, but I just didn't, I didn't have any interest in it. They were both kind of boring to yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, so, real talk. So I would have thought that they would do this with Dolores, but something in the back of my mind for these episodes up until episode six told me that, they wouldn't have gotten Thandie Newton to play this character. Right. She was going to be in the background the whole time. So when she started getting her shit together and and, and, and hit her Beyonce and said, okay, host, let's get information. When she started doing that shit, talking about her, her parents being from Alabama, Louisiana, and making a Texas Bama, <laughs> baby hair and she afros and afro, you know what I mean? All that shit. I was <laughs> like, son, this is this is my favorite character. So I want to ask you all, um, you know, at this point, you know, six episodes in, you know, who were some of your favorite characters? You sort of touched on them before, but who were some of your favorite characters at this point and why? Uh, we'll go with Beth first. Um, I said Elsie before. She was one of my favorite characters. Bernard has, from the moment he came on the screen, he's been one of my favorite characters. Um, number one, because he's a black man and he he's one of the only ones. 
Um, but I, I just, I saw, I always saw something in his eyes. Like there was more to him than we knew. And apparently than he even knew. Right. Like, so I, I like that about him. Clementine was actually one of my favorite characters, even though I would say she was a secondary character. Yeah. I think, you know, just her presence in Maeve's life was a constant. I think it was a support. And then Maeve also kind of lost it when they took Clementine out of the park altogether. And I think that was a catalyst for some of Maeve's actions, if not maybe even the urgency in her actions. So I think Clementine was, although she was it was secondary, she was, I, I think she played an important part in the storyline. Um... Ford I liked. I just like him because he's kind of villainous. I mean, he's just that guy. I like that he's the creator. I like that he's smart. I like that he has a plan. I like that he, well, several plans, really. I like that he's he built a whole new, <laughs> he, built, he built a whole new storyline where everybody just started killing people. I thought that was dope. I don't, don't ask me why. I don't know why that's dope, but I thought it was. Um, who else? Maeve, obviously. I love, I love Maeve's progression i loved watching her figure out something was wrong um trust herself in knowing that something was wrong and then start to understand how things work i like that she could work the ipad i thought that was whatever it is i thought that was so dope i like that she knew the buttons to push i know that you know there was one scene where she upped the aggression in some of the folks that she wanted to have fight and i was like that's so brilliant that she understands this is <laughs> this is how you have to manipulate the system to get what you want and i think it you know a lot of things were a metaphor for life but i think Maeve's um process throughout the season was a metaphor for my own personal life just realizing some things aren't what they seem that you're living this life that might be shitty um and there's something else going on i loved it like i loved her realizations throughout the season and then i also love that she's a badass i love that in the end you know she she was basically leading the host revolution um i hated that she went back we haven't got to that episode yet, but I hated that she went back into the park after she was almost up out of there, but I, I'm sure there's some other reasons for that. But my last one that I really liked was William. I actually like, and I know a lot of people hate William, but after I fi- after we found out that he was the man in black, I was like, oh, I love him. Like, I just love the fact that he came in real green. You know, he was so pure and innocent. And he was faithful at first to his fiance back home. And he was just like, this is terrible. You can't shoot people. This is all very wrong. And then he just became the man in black. Like, he was just a part of it. And stayed there for 30 years back and forth. So I thought that was cool. I liked William. He had dimension. And I love that. Um, I didn't like Teddy. You know that. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really like Charlotte Hale. I just didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like her. I love Tessa Thompson. She's amazing, but I didn't like Charlotte's character. She just showed up and was trying to run things. And I think she doesn't even really know what's going on for real. Nah, she but she feels she's that person. She's like that boss at work, just like trying to run things. But really, the person above her actually runs things. So she's not the actual person, but she has all that mouth. Yeah. Like I just, she reminds me of too many people in my life. So I didn't like Charlotte Hill. Um, I didn't like Logan. I just. I just don't like him. I didn't like his attitude either. I don't know. But those are my people. All right. Aaron, what you got? Go ahead and, you know, just give us your whole list. People that you like, people that you don't like. <laughs> I like Charlotte and Logan. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like the baby. <laughs> so I like Charlotte because I think is I don't think she died, first of all. Um, I know we're going to get to the ending. Right. Um, spoilers if you 
Listen, I told y'all niggas before the yeah. shit started. If you I'm haven't heard the whole joint by, if you haven't watched the whole season, you're not supposed to be listening to this anyway. So whatever, go ahead. Oh, um, so with her being in that area during that time, I don't think she died, and I think that she knew exactly what she was doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because think about what she did. Um, she imported uh, the father. In, uh, at this point, obviously, we don't know all this, but she gave the father, uh, Dolores' ex-father, put all that information in his head and say, hey, we got to get him out of here ASAP um, because something is about to go wrong. Like, that's basically what she was saying. You know, put him on the train, try to get him out of the, out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kind of knew something. Like, she knew if she tried to take power from Ford, that Ford was going to try and retaliate. Um, and I like Logan because of the turn he has to make. Um, at this point in the season, though, I just like him because he's a good-ass villain. Like, he's a real good yeah. like source of, of uh, a focal point, excuse me, of pure hate. Like, you can just hate him. Um, and <laughs> you don't have to think about anything any deeper than that. Um I think that the man in black at this point is still, we still don't really understand why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and overall, I think the man in black's reasoning was really like whack overall. But at yes, this point, yes. Yes. yeah, I think it was whack as well. Oh, yeah. But um, with Ford, I, I think Ford is my favorite character because he, he does know it all. You know, like this is when we keep talking about the storyline, and we keep talking about Wyatt, I don't think Ford's talking about the storyline in the park. Mm. I think he's talking about the storyline that's going on behind the scenes. You know, because if you really listen to how he's talking to people, he doesn't care about the park. Like, he he literally controls everything in the park. A a beautiful scene was when we see Ford, like, stop everything in the bar. Like, that shows the yeah. power he has because he didn't lift a finger. He didn't snap anything. He just kind of sat there. All right, let's go. <laughs> and and with that happening, it showed me that he doesn't need anything in this park. You know, he needs, he's trying to manipulate things outside. So those those characters were some of the standouts to me, but I won't, I won't go through all of them. You know? Word. Um, yeah, um, I will give you the likes and then the dislikes. Uh, for me, the people that I like that said Maeve, she became my favorite character in episode six. Because oh yeah, I forgot to mention Maeve is my favorite, one of my favorite characters, maybe second. Right, because Probably. she really started taking the understanding. Because one thing that you come to know that you sort of come to learn about this show as it progresses, which I think a lot of people the first few weeks didn't really get because they were so focused on some of the very deplorable things that were happening. Uh, like the raping and pillaging and all that kind of stuff. And if and if those are, are triggers for you or things that you really just can't, you know, deal with or whatever, then, you know, that's totally understandable. You know what I'm saying? But I think a show like this or Game of Thrones and, and other things, sometimes they sort of get known for a couple things that happen within the show, but they're not really what the show is about. So, for example, right. Game of Thrones, there are dragons and magic in the show, but that's not what that show is about. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people only know that part of it, so that's what they think the show is. That's not what Game of Thrones is. So the first few weeks, 
you know, you heard about, you know, some of the things that were going on in Westworld. And, and I, I saw some people say that, you know, they were turned off by it because they, they don't want to watch a show about raping and pillaging and all that kind of stuff. But that's not really what the show is about. It's, it's a yeah, part it of what the show it's a part of what happens because unfortunately that's something that's a part of the real world. But the show was really about one of the things, if not the thing that the show is about is defining and understanding uh, consciousness and, yes. and what separates humans from other forms of intelligent life. Uh, right. I've got a question about that that comes up a little bit later and we'll talk about that then. But I want to say the thing that made me um, really start loving Maeve is that if it wasn't already apparent to me at the point where she started really doing her thing, it became apparent at that moment when I saw her try to figure out what was going on. Cause as we said earlier, there was a part in one of the earlier episodes, I think episode two, where she stumbles off of the table and sort of walks around and she sees what's happening. She sees other hosts. She sees Teddy laying there dead and she notices him. Um, she sees, you know, hosts being created and, and them sort of practicing their lines and all these different things, but she doesn't really understand what's going on. She's starting to look at it and, and that's sort of the moment that her eyes open, but she doesn't really fully understand it. So by the time we get to episode six and she's like, yo, all right, tell me what this is. Let me see that tablet. What are these numbers? Let's adjust yeah. this shit. Let's do this. Let's do that. By the time she's starting to do that, I'm like, yo, this lady is really on some some real shit. She's really trying to understand what's going on here, what exactly she is, what they are. Um, so the sort of juxtaposition between how she goes about that process and Dolores sort of, I won't say stumbling upon it, but she's got these, these the voice of Bernard slash Arnold in her head saying, remember, and all of that. So her process of, of uh, achieving or understanding her consciousness is different than Maeve's is. Um, but they sort of get to the same point, though. You know what I'm saying? Which I guess is part yeah. of what Ford's overall plan was. Um, so it was real dope to me to see how she did that. Plus, Dandy Newton was beasting in that role. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bev and all the ladies listening. I know what you're about to say. Li- okay. So, please. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Uh, you, y'all know. Y'all know I, we, we had that disclaimer out know too. I'm, I, I'm good or whatever, right? But. I'm going to just give credit to Thandie Newton for being such a beast-ass actress in this situation because at least half of this woman's scenes were with her being totally naked. Right. And it's the, amazing. The way that she was able to deliver her lines and make those facial expressions and do all of that stuff, the dirtbag in me, which was like, yo, I'm seeing Thandie Newton naked on my screen right now, was I wasn't even concerned about her being without She's her clothes, so you know what I'm saying? I was really actually paying attention to what she had to say, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That was more yeah, important absolutely. to me than, than seeing her body, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so if you <laughs> if you can do that, then you're my favorite, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you said that, she deserves all the awards. All the awards, and so many people that are involved in this show do. So Maeve is at the top for me. We mentioned Ford. Ford, I fuck with him, you know what I'm saying? Bernard, Maeve for first and foremost let's keep it all the way alive like Bev said because he's a black man but mm-hmm. the story of Bernard 
and his discovery that he's Arnold and all of these different things that happened was so compelling. And I wasn't like Bev who figured it out in episode two or Aaron who figured it out around three or four or whatever. I heard the theory that, that Bernard was a host, but I didn't necessarily believe it. I was like, it makes sense. You know, cause I, I, I a lot of the time when I was watching this, this show, I sort of compared it to Mr. Robot, at least in the sense that there's so many ideas about it. Bev mentioned Reddit earlier. I don't fuck with Reddit, but I'm aware of the things that they say over there or whatever, because some of the podcasts, particularly like the Ball Move podcast or whatever that I listen to, they fuck with Reddit real hard. You know what I'm saying? So I'm aware of the different ideas that people have about Reddit. I mean, about um these shows because of what they say on Reddit. So and I'm not going to say anything spoilery about um, Mr. Robot, but for the people that are out there listening, and if either of y'all, you know, um, watch that show, I'll say this. There were a lot of different ideas, for example, about, um, well, I won't say that. I'll just say this. There were a lot of different ideas about um, what was happening on that show. Some, mm-hmm. But they all made sense. That was the key thing. They all made sense. I chose to believe that it was this or, or that as opposed to the other ideas. But those other things also made sense. So when it came to people saying stuff like, I think Bernard might be a host. I didn't think that Bernard was a host, but it made sense. I didn't rule it out. I was like, I could see how you would come to that conclusion, but I don't think that that's what the deal is. So those two shows kind of put me in that mentality where, There's a lot of different ideas about what could be happening here. I'm going to stick with this because I I think that this is what it is. But you might be totally right and I could be totally wrong. You know what I'm saying? So, again, it's sort of like the intelligence factor of being able to see how a person could get to the conclusion that they came to. But, you know, maybe I just don't roll with that. But when when it was proven that he was actually a host, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like something that totally blew me away or whatever. I was like, okay, so he was a host. Okay, all right, cool. You know what I mean? So Bernard, um, who else did I like, man? Uh, Clem, Clementine, she was kind of in the background, but I fucked with her, though. Teddy was all right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have no issues with Teddy. Aaron mentioned Logan. I like Logan, too. Yeah. Logan, remind he, me. Go ahead. Uh, say he's just a good villain, man. Like He was a good back, villain. Go ahead. At this I didn't think the man in black was evil. Like, even all the foul stuff he was doing, right. I right. didn't think that he was. Like, because it was too easy. Right. He was hurt. Yeah, we'll um, get to that in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. get there. But, yeah, Logan, you know what? For anybody that watches Arrow, and I fell off with Arrow, but, you know. Hey, you need to catch it back up. Catch back up, man. Arrow's good again. I will. I, I, I'll, I'll try to get on that. Um, <laughs> I fuck with Malcolm Merlin. When Malcolm Merlin was on Arrow... Yeah, I absolutely. fuck with Malcolm Merlin, and um, Logan reminded me of Malcolm Merlin, at least in the sense that he's a complete piece of shit, but he's honest about it, though. He right. He tell you, like, yo, you know I ain't shit, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I like, I, I appreciate the honesty of it, or whatever. Whereas, you know, as I get into people that I didn't like, I didn't like William. William didn't interest me at all. And when I found out that he was the man in black, I was like, this nigga's a sucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I rewatched all of the episodes this week and knowing that, you know what I'm saying, knowing that he was that, that character, and we'll get into how he sort of reveals it, but knowing that he was that person, every time I looked at the man in black, I kind of looked at him with a side eye instead of, like, 
originally when I looked at him, I was kind of like, he's sort of a cool, badass, you know, type of guy or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He's crazy, but you know what I'm saying? He's kind of, there's like a, I don't really like the word swagger, but he's got sort of like a swagger or a flavor about him that's, you know, it's kind of, kind of dope. But then, you know, when they, when they showed us that, that, that he was William, I was like, I'm not really feeling that. You know what I'm saying? Didn't like, Mm. didn't like him. uh, Didn't like William at all. The man in black has been sort of tainted to a certain degree. You know, once the reveal was was official, um, Charlotte. I sort of liked Charlotte in the beginning, but I, she started showing her ass, so I wasn't really feeling that. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it as far as characters for me. Um, so okay, wait. Why do you feel like it changed with William when the reveal happened? You didn't like him anymore. Yeah, because I felt like um, so when they were showing the stuff from thirty years ago. Like I mm-hmm. said, William didn't necessarily interest me. Gotcha. Um, and he was sort of, you could kind of tell after a while, you know, pretty fairly early in the game. You know, they present him as like this good guy and all that kind of stuff. But you could see that there was something else there. And that's mm-hmm. what I just said about Logan and, and Malcolm Merlin and certain characters. Like they're evil as shit and they're, you know, terrible people. But I sort of respect the honesty that characters like that bring William was on some shit where he was kind of pretending. And there was a line somewhere in there. Um, I think in the second episode where Logan says like, I'm being myself, you know what I'm saying? And you, know, mm-hmm. you should be yourself mm-hmm. too, unless you are this, you know, square ass dude who, you know, was a, a basically a goody goody type of thing. That's, that's in essence what he was saying to him. Um, and as you see, there's a very, very dark side, of William that he was not able to be honest with even, you know, himself. Uh, he yeah. has a line somewhere um, a little bit later in this in the season where he says something, excuse me, where he says something, I think it was like episode uh, eight or nine when they're out there at the camp and he, uh, he had killed all of Logan's men and all of that kind of shit. And he said something about like, you know, I've been hiding or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in sort of hiding and, and, putting on airs as they say you know has sort of gotten me the life that I wanted and it's a good life but you know this ain't really me and you know you told me that when we come into this park that the park really sort of exposes the person that you are and I'm, I'm able to see that now I know how to play this game and all of that so it was kind of like he wasn't honest with who he was mm-hmm. to himself and the presentation that he put on you know, was was of a person who was a better quality person than he actually really is. Despite right, the right. fact that, you know, apparently in the real world he, you know, was a philanthropist and, and has a lot of different other positive things that he does, you know, the dark side of him sort of erases that to a certain degree. So, um, but then also, like, you know, he had issue with the fact that Dolores didn't remember him um, <laughs> yeah, and, and different things like yeah. that. So I took that as kind of he's like he's butt hurt to a certain. Extent. Yo, he was so hurt. You know what like, I mean? I... like, <laughs> yeah, like so that's why I said like once I, once um certain things were revealed and, and we'll get we'll get on that here in a moment. But like once the story sort of unfolded, because like I said at first before I, before it was confirmed that he was the man in black, there was there was obviously a, a lot of people thinking that that was what the case was. Um, and I, I was on that train for a while too, up until a certain point or whatever. For a couple episodes, I thought it might be Logan, but 
um, at that point, I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I could definitely um, see that being the case, but I didn't think that it was, you know, I, it wasn't confirmed. So the man in black was kind of like, oh, this, I kind of fuck with him. But once it was proven that it was William, I was like, man, this nigga, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it just kind of took it down a few notches, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when I sat and rewatched it, I was like, I thought the origin of the man in black would have been something that was kind of cool. Like, kind of like, okay, like you maybe shouldn't have become that, but okay, I can see it. But then it was like how he got there. Like he kind of just like, what chump? Yo, like, I loved it. I thought it was really, <laughs> cause who would have thought that William was the man in black? Like it, it came so far out of left field. I think is one of the reasons why I appreciated that, that element of the story because none of, I don't even think I saw a a fan theory that the man in black might be William. Like no one gets that. And I think that's why I like that reveal. Cause what in the world? Like who even thought it would be him? So the fact that it was him and the fact that it was such a silly thing, like being hurt over a woman yeah. made, you, <laughs> made you do all of this yeah, stuff. Like, like I, I love it. Like, it's just one of those things. It's like a bad, you know, series on, network tv where it's just like ah come on I get, I but like, it's yeah. so brilliant because you're just mad about it i love it i loved I it like, i was like yes he became the man in black because he was simping oh. <laughs> and that shit but don't you see that's great i love among it. other things i mean it's not the only thing but that was you know one of the things and then the way his treatment of dolores like he treated okay. her like pure yeah. shit like yeah, and that he happens, he's still mad. He mad thirty years later yeah, about her breaking that, his heart. And that happens in in reality, unfortunately, or whatever. But I think another part of the the reveal, and you know, we sort of jumped ahead, but we'll we'll reel it back in because that's how we do over here. Um, <laughs> you know, I I would have liked to have actually seen that. You know, we'll touch on that in a moment. But those are those are some of the things. We'll we'll come back to that shit though. Um, so you know, seven and eight happen. Um. I think in seven is where we uh, Bernard has a vision or a dream that he's in the hospital where his son dies. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's sort of heating up. Um, and, you know, we sort of go through that. And, you know, we, we've seen it a few other times where he's having this vision of his son um, dying and, and that sort of being the thing that haunts him the most. It sort of motivates him to do what he's doing or whatever. But, you know, later on, we find out that that's actually his cornerstone. That's what his personality was built what was built upon. The foundation that his uh, personality was built upon. Um, and this is also the episode, you know, sort of skipping ahead in my notes a bit. This is also the episode where Bernard and Teresa go to Sector 17 um, mm -hmm. And they find the cabin. Now, there's a cabin or a house mm -hmm. that was built in Sector Sector 17, which an episode or two earlier, um, Bernard finds this place and he walks in there, and he sees a family living in there. He asks the the man of the house if he's Arnold, and the guy's like, "Who the fuck is Arnold? And who the fuck are you?" And this is mm -hmm. actually where the younger version of Ford, you know, is, is living at. And Ford actually pops up at a point because this man, like, grabs uh, Bernard and snatches him up and, you know, he's about to whoop his ass and choke him or whatever like that. You know what I mean? And Ford shows up and he tells him, you know, that's enough. That's one of his 
uh, verbal commands to to sort of freeze a host in action so everybody freezes and he basically tells uh bernard that you know these are generation one hosts that are still functioning because i maintain them myself and what this is is a recreation of my family when i was a child you know what i'm saying this is me and this is my brother my mom and this is my dad or whatever and i wanted you know arnold originally made the family a bit different but i went in and changed things and gave my father some of his more you know realistic uh personality traits uh, apparently his father was an alcoholic and, and and probably also abusive to the entire family so bernard in this scene sort of towards the end of this episode brings Teresa to this same location the family's not there though um and it's nighttime and they look around they've got their flashlights they're looking around and everything like that and Teresa says something like you know well you know where does this door go what what's what's this door and uh, says, yeah what door now before he says what door he's he mentions the fact that this they, they they're discussing the fact that none of the other hosts who do the surveying of the, the park or whatever have ever put this particular location uh, in any of their uh, data or whatever and he's explaining to her that the reason is because they're not programmed to be able to see this they could literally be standing right outside of this place and not see it because they're not yeah. programmed to see this so now he says that then he she asks him about a door which we might not have seen at first but then we see it when she asks and he says what door when he said what door I'm like oh shit yeah <laughs> like, that was the moment and then so they go downstairs and the room that they end up finding downstairs is the same room that Bernard and De Dolores have been having their secret meetings in every single time that we see them have one of those meetings. And eventually we find that there are blueprints for some of the original hosts. Dolores, um, there was another person, I forget who it was. Uh, and then we see also a design for Bernard. And she hands him the, the thing when she looks at it because she sort of pauses and he's like, what's, what's going on? And she's like, have you seen this before? What is this? And he says, it doesn't look like anything to me. <sighs> my heart. And I lost my motherfucking <laughs> mind. I was Yo. like, oh shit, this nigga's a host. And I started I, screaming. I was like, wow, I was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I want to, I mean, Bev already sort of touched on it, so we'll get her answer first. Um, what was your reaction when it was confirmed that Bernard was a host? Yo, I remember like every the way you just described it was number one perfect. So thank you for that. But like when he said he didn't see the door, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then <laughs> when he said this, because that's the line, right? This yeah. doesn't look like anything to me. That's what right. the you know the Lord said about the picture. Like that's the line. So when he said that, I was like, I saw, I literally started screaming. I'm, I live in an apartment by myself and I was screaming. I think I ran around for a minute. Like I had to put this shit on pause and come back. Cause I was like, he is a host. And then, but like, okay, I was cool with it, but it also confirmed that what I felt about him was right. I, ne I never felt like he was fully human. It was just something about him that just wasn't to me. And so to know he's a host, I was like, okay. But then I got, more confused i was like so i just started asking quick like why is he a host like what does this mean who is he modeled after 
Like why? Because I've like with the drawings, he had been the, a host from the very beginning. Yes. Like he's as old as Dolores. Yeah. Like he was one of the first ones. So it's just like I was just. It was a lot, and then he killed her, and I was that was a lot, and I just. Yeah. It was just a lot. Yeah. When before we get Aaron's answer, I do want to say that one of the things that Ford continued to ask Bernard at different points. And, and going back in hindsight being 2020 and having this information in my rewatch, he would he would say that's enough, Bernard, at different points and points yep. in time. And he that would. was sort of, that would sort of make Bernard sort of calm down. And that was a line that he kind of gave every, you know, sort of subtly said to other characters that you didn't notice at the time. You know what I'm saying? So when he would say that's enough, they would sort of chill out. Um, and then one of the other things that he would always say to Bernard. Um, which became so obvious once I knew all of this stuff was he would ask him, were you with us at that time, Bernard? Yep. And that would go to what you just said about him being created at the same time as Dolores. Oh my God. I didn't know the thing that he would always say to Bernard that I didn't catch at first um, was that when Bernard was sort of, you know, getting a little too, you know, buck wild for his taste or whatever. If he didn't say those other two things, every now and then he would ask him about his son. And that yep. was sort of anchor. That that right. That would that would sort of center him and make him calm down or whatever. So we're gonna get Aaron's answer to this. What was your you said, you know, around episode four you sort of thought that this was the case. But once it was confirmed in this episode and then also we saw him, you know, have to kill Teresa, you know, what was your reaction to that? Well, the moment was the moment. Like, I, even if I knew, it was still like an oh shit moment yeah. just because the way they pulled. Like, this show is really good about paying stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it did it in this episode was beautiful because it did set you up all throughout the episode to tell you, like, hey, he's a host. Hey, he's a host. But if you're not looking for those things, you won't. Like, it made you immediately rewind the episode. And go, okay, this is when he did it. This is when he did that. Okay, I see it all now. Um, so that reveal was amazing. The bigger reveal to me was that the, the, the timeline stuff, the fact that he that room is the same room that he talks to a Dolores in. Yeah. And well, he's talking to her, and it doesn't look like it's a secret, and Ford knows about this shit. So what the hell is going on? You know, so that's where my questions, excuse me, immediately went uh, with that. So, yeah, man, it it was just a good it was a good payoff. Yeah. With episodes to come. Yo. And I'll say this for me, like, again, I didn't think that he was actually a host. I heard that the idea of it was out there and it made sense. But in my mind, Bernard was a real person who really lost his son and all of that. So when they showed that he was actually a host, um, even before it was completely proven, once he said he didn't see that door, I knew it was, you know, what the deal was. Yeah. But then once they confirmed it with the, it doesn't look like anything to me and, you know, him, you know, seeing the schematic of, of, you know, what would be his, his physical form, you know, once that was proven, it was kind of just like, like Aaron said, like, oh shit. Okay. So he really was a host. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it was it was very well done. And I think whether you sort of had it pegged all along or not, the way that they gave it to us was so dope that, you know, I think everybody 
Would yeah. be satisfied with the way that it happened or whatever. And um, that wasn't even like the craziest moment in the series. Like nah. that's yeah. like, <laughs> like that was that was what seven episodes in, and we still had you know three to go. So, um, to get to these last few, because um, you know we're we're uh, on the clock here, but um, <laughs> we just got a few more to go though. So we we should be straight. Um, in episode eight, you know what I'm saying. Um, Ford tells Bernard to bring himself back online. Uh, he feels terrible about killing Teresa. Um, you know, Ford is saying that, you know, you should actually be proud of these emotions because, you know, you were created to sort of push the boundaries of what the host could actually feel. He says something about how Arnold really just wanted to keep it basic with their emotions, how they were sort of like primary colors, but he was more interested in the gray areas. So mm-hmm. he created Bernard to sort of expand what they could, you know, think and feel. Because his ultimate goal, you know, which we don't know at that moment, but his ultimate goal is for them to become more sentient, um, to, to achieve a level of consciousness, uh, which is what we see Maeve trying to achieve in Dolores as well. But she, I don't know if Dolores is really aware that that's what she's trying to do um, the same way that, that Maeve is like, you know, trying to do it or whatever. Um, and he also tells Bernard to erase all evidence of, of their connection to Teresa's death because he had Bernard kill her. Um, later on, they say that they find Teresa's body. They rule it a, an accident. Um, Charlotte doesn't believe that shit. She's smarter than that. Um, and um, there's also a scene in episode eight where Maeve is talking to Felix and Sylvester and she wants to make more adjustments to her code. Um, and she feels like there's certain things within her code that are dormant. Um, she wants to open those things um, and she asked them uh, who Arnold is and they're like we don't know who that is you know what I'm saying so the question of who Arnold is is still sort of hanging over everybody's head um, before we get into a couple things about uh, episode 9 I want to open it up real quick and see if there's anything that you all want to uh, add on to your thoughts or, or reactions to uh, episode 8 we'll go with Aaron first no, um, not a ton. There, the thing with Teresa is, I knew she was dead from when she met. <laughs> excuse me, goodness, got a little cold going on in Cleveland. No. Um, so with Ford, um, showing his power with Teresa, I knew she was dead. Like, there's no way you stop an entire field of workers just to intimidate somebody and put her in the same chair. <laughs> Bruh, that was so beastly. Yeah, it was so good. And it was just like, I control everything. That was one of his, I control everything. Don't forget yeah. that. I made you who you are. So her dying wasn't a big surprise. It was just the way she died. Yeah. The brutal, the brutal nature of the way she died. So Yeah. Bev, anything you want to uh, say about episode eight? I was just tired of the love story. Yes. <laughs> Not that I don't like love stories, but I don't William and Dolores, I I never liked it. Like yeah. it was just kind of played out to me. I didn't have an appreciation for what they were trying to accomplish together. I knew they weren't going to end up together. Right. I, he knew. I mean, I don't know. I just didn't like the love story portion of it. So by episode eight, I was just kind of like, eh, can we can we move past this? This is gonna yeah. <laughs> this is gonna last the end of the season. But that's my only. Um, yeah. I, feedback about that episode. I feel the same way about it. Like I said earlier, I don't really like you know, forced or unnatural 
uh, yeah. stories or whatever. And, and those characters in that love story really did not interest me. And, and also, I would say that in episode eight and nine, I thought I noticed something about Logan, the way that he was acting and sort of the things that the man in black was saying when they would go to him and uh, Teddy being out there. That mm-hmm. made me think for a couple episodes that maybe he was actually the man in black. And that mm-hmm. they were doing like, you know, some okie doke shit because, you know, it, it almost seemed too obvious or too convenient even that, you know, it would be William or whatever. So I was like, maybe they're doing some shit where, you know, they're sort of making us think that it's this person, but it's really this other guy. Um, and part of it was because of the fact that the man in black clearly does not like Dolores. He's right. abusive to right. her. You know, they, they, they didn't show it, but there was a couple of times where, you know, when she was in the barn, he says, let's reacquaint ourselves, Dolores. And you know what I'm saying? He's clearly about to rape her. And so yeah. he's just really like a fucked up person to her. And, and, and as I said earlier, unfortunately, there are many examples of people who claim to love another person who treat them in these ways. So that's not unheard of. But to me, it felt like it could have been Logan for those couple episodes because he already didn't like her. Like when they showed them, you know, when they were younger, he already seemed not to like her. So I thought that there was a little something there with that. And, you know, that's why to some degree, the even though the payoff and how we were told the fact, you know, told that it was William in episode 10 was, was satisfying. There was still a little bit of something that didn't really make much sense to me. Um, in terms yeah. of how he treated her like how the fuck did we get here like I can see if you don't come to the park and you're not in love with her like you were but how do you go from zero to 60 to treat her this way you know what I'm yeah. saying? so it would have been nice for me to sort of be able to see a little bit of that transition where you know maybe somewhere along the lines of him coming in for those 30 years where you can clearly see that he don't like her no more like maybe he's not full man in black abusive to her but you can see like he just says some nasty shit to her or you know what i'm saying like yeah the 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 way that it went about i just didn't really feel that or whatever but yeah their love story didn't so what's interesting about the love story and this kind of touches more on episode 9 and, and, and 10 but what the the love story does is it establishes the fact that william um is losing it because you yeah. you go from such a high um with uh, him being such a good guy and white hat essentially you know wanting to play everything straight to immediately giving in to all of his desires and giving in to everything that the park really is um you wouldn't have been able to do that without that love story you know because they're trying to beat you over the head with the fact that he's a nice guy yeah yeah Um, but the fact that he had a a conversation go ahead i'm sorry did you say something Nah, I was just saying they was trying to, you know, make it look like he was a nice guy, but he was really a fuckboy the whole time. He really was. He really was. (laughs) But you see glimpses of that, like when he has that initial conversation with Logan. Yeah. You can see, like, okay, something ain't right about this dude. We don't know what it is. (laughs) But he he can't snap back on him real hard, real quick. Um, And then the, the other conversation with the man in black, which I thought was useful, was when they're in the car and those two people recognize him as such a great guy. Yeah. Like you helped my sister with this. So yeah. it's, it's, it's more about, and I think this is the overall arc of the show is more about if you had the opportunity to be completely evil, if society allowed you to, uh, to shred every norm 
in existence and you be your true self, what would it be? Um, and I think that's what the park allowed Logan to do while still being such a good guy on the outside, you know? Yeah, you mean William, you said Logan there, but yeah. Well, did I say Logan? I meant Logan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, meant William. No, Sorry. Y'all love Logan. Mm-hmm. Logan wasn't that bad. Like, between, <laughs> honestly, for me, Bev, I mean, William is, a, like, they both, like, some assholes, right? They're both, like, pieces of shit. But there were certain things about Logan that almost seemed like redeemable qualities okay. along the way that we saw that, you know, we saw William kind of be front, but then we've also seen this older version of William who's like completely deplorable, right? You know what I'm saying? So right. Right. we know what he becomes. We don't know what happened to Logan. We don't know if he's still out there or not or whatever. So it's not that he's a good guy. Like I just said, for me at least, I sort of appreciated his honesty and being like, yo, you know, I ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you but, know. but that's the, that's the interesting part though. Like he is, he, we don't know what he's like outside of the park. Right. We don't. Like in episode nine, he's basically like, look dog, this is fake. Right. I'm not like, I'm you're welcome. This is family. You got a little too, you went far yeah. out there. It's your first time here. It happens. Calm down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he was trying to convince you know he's trying to convince the man in black like look dog like if I, I i gave i put it to feek this way feek if we go to westworld and you tell me that you in love with the killer robot over there um i'm sitting you down and i'm beating the hell out of you until you don't feel that way anymore. right <laughs> felt like that's what logan was trying to do right that's fair. right like he was trying to bring something out of william just almost on some Yo, just keep it real. Like, I know you're not this yeah. person that you present yourself to be, but I think at a certain point, and you brought us into episode nine, so we'll touch on it briefly, and then we'll touch on 10, and then we'll, you know, start wrapping it up here. Um, I think even at a certain point, despite how crazy and buck wild and whatever Logan was, there was some shit inside William that he didn't know was there. Yeah. And he's like, what the Absolutely. fuck? Like, dog, what? Are you, like, nigga, you yeah. wildin', you know what I'm saying? Like, so it brought, it really brought out William's true colors in the, in the way that I don't think even Logan anticipated. Because there was a part in there in one of the episodes where he said something about, I know you're not going to do no crazy shit. Like, basically, like, <coughs> excuse me, like, you're trying to act like you're a threat to me or whatever, but I know you're not. That's why mm-hmm. you're here. I could have brought anybody in here, but I know that that's not you. But little did he know that that was him and then some. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, again, just with episode nine, you know, you see stuff like that. Um, I think in nine, uh, what else happens in nine? I'm just sort of skimming my stuff here. Um, Bernard also goes back to the vision of his son dying in the hospital. And now, oh, one thing. Okay, so in episode nine, this is important. Bernard is like, okay, I realize I'm a host and all that. So, but I want you to put me back into my memories. Send me back in because I want to see who the fuck this Arnold cat is. And Ford is like, listen, Bernard, I don't know if you want to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get a little crazy in there. He's like, look. Send me back. I want to <laughs> see what's going on. And he actually, they had decommissioned Clementine. He 
he actually hacks into Clementine so that she'll only respond to his voice commands. She's holding the gun pointed at Ford and she has the instructions, you know, or might be given the instructions to shoot him if he does any crazy shit. Ford sends him back. You know, he's seeing a bunch of different things. And along the way, he realizes that the, the thing with his son is his cornerstone. So he basically erases that, you know, he's in this hospital and, you know, the folks are coming in to rush in to try to save the boy. And he tells them to freeze all motor functions and to get out of there. And he tells the boy, like, you're not real. You're my cornerstone. You know, the pain of of having, you know, lost you is what has sort of motivated me this whole time. And it's all that I've had of you, which is something that Maeve also says about her daughter, you know, and the visions that she's had throughout the season. You know, they, they're saying that they could erase that. And she's like, don't erase this pain because it's all I have left of her. But Nard yeah. has said this a few times throughout the season. So he's like, I got to let you go in order for me to be able to really do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, so there's that. And then also within the visions, um, he finds out that he's actually Arnold. That Ford created him in Arnold's image. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that either. And we find out that it's been him that was talking to Dolores in those scenes um, in that spot. Uh, and one other thing I want to say, going back uh, an episode to where we find out that he's actually a host. While that's going on, there is another host being created. There's a body mm -hmm. being formed in there. And when we come to the sort of wrapping up episode 10, I want to ask y'all who you think that is. I have a guess of my own. But we find out that he's actually Arnold and Bernard and Dolores have a conversation and she's like, yo, can you help me out? I can't help you out. You know why they go through that a couple times and find out, which is something that I wasn't ready for either. Bev is that <laughs> not only was this nigga Arnold, but Dolores killed him. Yeah. yeah. away. What do y'all have to say about episode nine? Then we'll get into ten and we'll wrap this thing up. Beverly, it's on you. I don't know. I wasn't ready for any of it. I, mm -hmm. I had, I, I still struggle with the fact that Bernard <laughs> was Arnold. Like I didn't even see. I didn't see that coming. I, at one point, I thought the man in black was Arnold. I thought Arnold was not even a real person. He never existed. He was just, you know. I don't know. I, I still I haven't processed it all yet. Like I don't I don't know. But episode nine was good. I think it it built up episode ten really well because I basically couldn't sleep after nine. Like I had so many questions. I wanted to know <laughs> what was about to happen next. Um, I was shocked that Dolores killed Arnold. It, it, and I'm and I also wonder why Ford made their relationship as hosts so close. Like it, it does that have something to do with that? I don't know. Like it was just a it was a mind screw. I don't know. Definitely. That's my take. Aaron, what you got, man? So for me, it was it was probably my favorite episode of the season. Mm -hmm. Like not even like 10 didn't even do it as much as this one hmm. for me, because at this point is when all the reveals for me happened. Like I, 10 is more exposition. Like, OK, all the reveals are had uh, because I already knew the man in black is was William. So that wasn't a big deal to me. Um, but all the reveals are done in episode 10. Episode 9 is just like bam, 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 bam all at one time. Yeah. Um, and 
when we find out that he's Arnold, um, I don't want to kind of toot my own horn, but I called that in episode five because, or whenever he looks at the picture, whatever episode that is when he's in Ford's yeah. office, and you, looks at the picture. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, when he looks at that picture, Ford is telling him, because he asked Ford, who is Arnold? And right. Ford starts telling him a story about who Arnold is. He was my partner. We built this park together, blah, blah, blah. And he shows him a picture. And I didn't notice this at first. Um, and it might have been Jax who first said it on Facebook. But then I think I also heard or saw you mention it, too. In that picture, you see that there's two people clearly standing there. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't notice at first is the framing of the picture. Yeah, it looked weird, didn't it? It was the way that the picture is framed, there's space for another individual in that picture. And we, you know, you couldn't see it at that point. And the reason why you couldn't see it is because we were looking at it from Bernard's point of view. And he was not able to see the third person in that picture, which we find out in, in this that it was him. He was the third person. If you look at the, the framing of the picture, it's a little off. You know what I'm saying? Normally, if you're going to get a two shot, you'd be a little tighter. But Yeah, like, you, have, you can make killer robots, but you can't frame a photo, right? Like Exactly. That don't, exactly. Don't <laughs> so for you to catch that at that point was, was pretty dope because I didn't notice that at the time. And it's something that I would have noticed as a person who, you know, is, who's done a lot of video production stuff or whatever. Like, I should have caught that, but I didn't. But once it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So go ahead and finish up if you if you haven't already. Um. Well, the the only other thing um is, uh, I knew that Dolores had something to do. Like I I felt her heel turn coming, um a, a a mile away, because even if you look at the intro to the show, they prominently show a blonde haired woman in all black shooting a gun. Yeah. I'm like that's Dolores. Like every single episode, I've been like. Hey, that's Dolores. That's Dolores, because there's no way they just randomly put a random female, like it, it in all black, right. you know, as the villain with blonde hair. Yeah, like just don't make any sense. Yeah. So I already expected her to be the killer. Now the way she killed him, which we'll get to in the next episode, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for that. Right. So because it, I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't realize she was the incident. Like she was it. Right. Um. Uh, I, I knew she was a major deal, but that made me her her character redeemed in my eyes a little bit because I like her as a villain. Like when she turns into a villain, it's like, yeah, yeah, I like your character a lot more now. Yeah. I see why you've been doing everything you've been doing. Yeah. So to get to episode ten, touch on it real quick, and then um, you know, so we can get out of here. Uh, some of the things that happen in that are uh, the board votes for it out. Um, Maeve actually finds out that she's not in complete control of her thoughts mm-hmm. and actions. Um, some of that was scripted. You know, they show her on the tablet once again that, you know, certain things that she's done were scripted, like, you know, rebelling and recruiting and all that kind of stuff. I think the way that they presented it, though, was that she was given those, basically those orders or those instructions. Mm-hmm. But she had some leeway in how she went about doing that. Mm-hmm. and who she went about recruiting and all those kind of things. So she had some control over what she did, but the fact that she hit certain marks was already scripted. Um, we actually find out about the man in black, you know, being William, you know, he's continuing to be abusive 
towards Dolores. And at a point she basically says, you know, without knowing who he is at the time, you know, my man is coming. You know what I'm saying? His name is William. He's going to fuck you up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, ha, funny thing. Funny you should say that. I know a dude named William, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he's like, bitch, I'm William. Um, You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. Ford, you know, presents his new narrative. Uh, and then one of the more important things um, is that Dolores actually discovers and finds out that the maze that they've been looking for, that we've seen throughout the season, is not actually a physical place. It's actually a child's toy. And the reason that the maze was created was because it was their journey to discovering consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the thing that sort of separates us because we can go inward. We can do self-analysis and, and look at ourselves and sort of, you know, go within our own minds or whatever. And the maze was created to them basically as a metaphor for that. Um, and in the end, you know what I'm saying, uh, Ford has everybody out. There's a huge board meeting. He's, he's making his final presentation. And, um, you know, he has Dolores and I think Teddy and a couple other people, other hosts, come through and and they kill him and and they kill a few of the other board members and all that kind of stuff and the man in black or William is out there and um, he gets shot in the arm and he's really excited about that because he he, (laughs) one of his things throughout the entire season which we didn't mention before but one of his things um, was that he wanted the stakes to be raised he wanted there to be a real element of danger ultimately he wants to win but he wants it to be that the hosts can actually harm the human beings or whatever. So when he actually gets shot in the arm, that was very appealing to him because now he knows that there's real danger within this park. So right. that's where the thing ends up. Um, I know we got a few more minutes before Bev has to leave or whatever, but uh, I just wanted to get your overall thoughts of the season uh, and then a couple other things, and then we'll we'll go ahead and shout out our social media and all that stuff, and, and we'll end this thing. So go ahead, Beth. Yeah, I mean, I love the final episode. I think it closed some some loops and 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 actually gave us more questions. I loved that it was. Although I think we all knew this in our hearts, I loved that it was Ford who manipulated Maeve's code. Um, <laughs> it's kind of I love that he was the one orchestrating the the revolution I, I loved it like I just he's so in control and I think you know his level of control is something that we all aspire to in our personal lives but you know as Westworld taught us sometimes it's not even about us <laughs> you know sometimes things are out of control and we can't contain it it just is what it is I love that message in the story I love like you said how William actually bled you know got shot and bled and felt pain and, and laughed about it because he's like all right now now we're getting started 10 episodes later yeah. now we're getting started I love that um, I'm just excited to see where where Maeve goes next season I want to see who's dead and who's alive you know, I want to see what Ford did that we still don't know about yet. Yeah. You know, I want to see that because I know there's a, probably a whole lot that we haven't even seen that, that Ford's done. Um, I love it. Like, I lo- I felt good about the finale, and I'm really excited for next season. Yeah. Aaron? So, there are a couple things. I, I know we got to go. I'm trying to sure. make this as quick as possible. Um, number one, when you go into when, when the, the – the robots are coming in 
and you see uh, the man in black is shot. Did anybody else notice that those were all the robots from Cold Storage? Yep. Um, I didn't. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I did. Because Clem was in there, yep. which made me very happy, which makes me think that the native people are hosts that have already gained sentience mm-hmm. and, are, and are like, they're the opposite. They're like, look, we want peace. We don't want to deal with none of this. Look, because they actually said in one of the episodes, um, they they worship a guy, but then when they pulled up the doll, it was just a butcher. It was one of the butchers. So they they know that this isn't the real world, you know. So it's going to be a big clash between those two parties next next year or two years, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, I, I believe I believe that uh, Ford was not the villain in this. And I don't believe the man in the black was either. I'm, I know it's crazy. Hear me out. <laughs> um, with the man in black, I don't think he, once he realized that Dolores was a robot, like I think the first time he was here, he believed Dolores was a robot. It, it, or he, he understood that Dolores was gaining the sentience. Um, and so he's been trying to go back every year to, to make that stick. And what did they say a couple episodes in? Cornerstones are built off tragedy. Right. What's the worst tragedy you could have? You know what I'm saying? What's the most personal thing that could be violated? You know, and that's what he was doing. He was just going through and violating these these robots to try and help them to gain sentience so that they will become a part of, you know, the real world. Um, the third thing is, and I don't, you know, I'll really get into religion too much as far as what you believe in but imagine if you could confirm that god is real like you can go up the street and go talk to him Mm. what would that what would you say to him like that's those are the things that you have to think about with this overarching narrative in this season is more about one you know one person is god and, and and these are his workers yep so when you wake up or you die, when you wake up, you know, you're like, you're talking to God or you're talking to this higher being. But in reality, you're the higher being and you finding that out. It's amazing. Right. So just in this, I mean, it's a bunch of other high concepts. Um, we talk about on the show a lot um, that deal with the class stuff because we still haven't seen the outside world. And we know Westworld is huge. So... It could be like we already know it's multiple parts and stuff like that. So just overall, I'm I love the season. It couldn't yeah, end okay. yeah couldn't any better. So. I, I want to echo what these guys have said. Um, we mentioned he mentioned other parts. We saw Samurai World. Uh, so I I'm wonder sure. if we're gonna yeah. see that. The one thing I will say is that for a while when they were when we saw that other host being made when Teresa was killed, I thought maybe it was gonna be another version of her. But with the finale being what it was, I started thinking, what if that was a robot version of Ford being built? And mm-hmm. are we going to see that version of him as the story continues? Or even possibly, was it that version of him that was killed and the real him is still alive somewhere? That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, what if what if Ford, what if that was a host Ford that got killed? And, yeah. and Ford is actually like, I thought about that. He's actually somewhere still. It's driving crazy. So yeah, it was it was a great season, great um great finale. I loved every minute of it. I loved being able to discuss it with other people. Um, 
you know, and I'm just excited. I hope we do get a chance to see Samurai World and some of the other stuff, um, you know, maybe even next season, you know, which begins in January of 2018. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to see some of that. If, if the whole season isn't focused on that, then maybe it'll be like part of what, you know, what we see or whatever and sort of the ins and outs of that stuff or whatever. Um, that's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? I had a couple other questions, but you know what I'm saying? We can go ahead and, and skip those or whatever. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give everybody a chance to shout out their stuff. And uh, we're going to go ahead and end this thing. We will let the lady lead us off with shouting <laughs> out whatever it is that she wants you to check it out. Website, social media, whatever. Tell them where they can find you and what you want us to know about you and see from yes. you. Check me out. Um, my name is Bev Gooden. My website is beverlygooden.com. Twitter, Bev T. Gooden, and I host an episode, no wait, I host a podcast called Divorce with my friend Bill. We talk about young divorce because we're both divorced, and that is Facebook.com slash Divorce. All right, Aaron? Uh, Aaron B., uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, it's Ashy3Classy. Um, the show Twitter is Black Astronaut One. <laughs> Excuse me. What's the show? It's Black Astronauts Podcast Network, where we have a variety of shows including the Black Astronauts Podcast, which is the main show, Aaron's Untitled Interview Show. We have the Rune Random Untitled Nerd Episodes. And we have a weekly Westworld recap show, um, all of which are on Facebook, YouTube, um, and anywhere that you can type in Black Astronauts will probably come up in the, in the search results. <laughs> um, I, like I said, it's been a pleasure. I could talk about this all day. Yeah, but absolutely. It was a pleasure meeting you, LB. Me too. It was a pleasure getting a chance to chop with you man, after yeah. all these years, man. So yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm like I said, I'm appreciative, man. Thank that, you. Thank chop. you for being on man. And, and, and definitely thank you to Beverly as well. I want to shout out my stuff real quick. Of course, lbrothersmedia.com at lbrothersmedia at look, listen, pod on Twitter. And that's it, man. We're going to go ahead and go so that Bev can do what she got to do. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. All right, man. So we'll see y'all the next time we out of here. Peace. <laughs>